Welcome back, everyone, to our latest episode of High School Transcript. This is your host, Rowan, joined here today by... Bailey Bliss, and we are here talking with Miss Byrne. And we're going to get to know how her high school life was growing up in Germany, and then later becoming a U.S. citizen. She has an incredible story to share, and we hope you enjoy giving it a listen. Um, what were you like in high school, growing up in Germany? I really loved high school. Um growing up in Germany, but I should probably tell you that uh, high school in Germany is completely different from high school here. Um, first, of all <coughs> first of all, we have three different high schools, so it's not just one high school for everyone. Um, so there's a high school called Gymnasium for, for those that want to go to university later, and there's a high school for vocational uh, career or track, and there's a high school for business and you actually have to decide which one to pick after fourth grade. Wow. Now, I always loved, I loved school, and so for me it was clear that I wanted to go to the one that would lead to the university. So that's where I ended up, and it was called Gymnasium. And uh, so I started high school in fifth grade, and it went all the way to 13th grade. And even though in Germany, we don't have any of the social activities like uh, we have here, no ASB, no pep rallies, not, none of the fun stuff. And all the sports teams uh, play outside of school in, in leagues. So it's really strictly academic. But uh, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed my classes. I had lots of friends. So for me, it was a good time. Um, maybe the last year I remember I felt burnt out. So I kind of was dragging my feet a little bit. But up until then, I loved it. What did you enjoy most about high school there? I think I enjoyed the critical thinking part of it the most because uh, in Germany, the teachers, especially in the classes that I enjoyed most, like German, where we studied literature, or um, I also attended a, a world religion class, um, the teachers really pushed us and forced us uh, to think critically. They would not, it's almost like they wouldn't accept any answers uh, if they were in agreement with the teacher. They really wanted us to think on our own. And for me, that was really a liberating experience. I, I totally loved that. It's, it just, you know, it opened up the door to my own mind, you could say, so. Um, you had mentioned a there was like a certain grade, and you said 13th grade. Mm -hmm. So what exactly is that? Because in America, it's like kindergarten to 12. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, I think in I think since then, they have changed it in Germany. I think now they also only have 12 grades. But at, at the time I went to school, uh, which was like 40 years ago, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was 13. And it was kind of like the last two years of high school were already a little bit like going, a little bit like getting an AA degree here. Um, so during the last two years of high school, I, I could pick majors and minors. I didn't have all my subjects anymore. Um, so it, it almost kind of took you into the university already a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. As far as like places to visit, I know with Germany and Europe in general, it has a lot more deep of a history than we do here. Um, as far as like trips or places you visited, what was the most meaningful to you? I always loved Italy. 
So for me, my my parents would go on vacation, you know, during the summer to Italy, and I fell in love with Italy. So that was that was one of the reasons why I always said to myself, okay, I want to live close to a beach. I want to go out into the world. I it was always clear for to me that I would not stay in Germany. That I would go out and I wanted to be by the ocean and uh, I I loved the Mediterranean climate. I didn't like the German climate. Um, so I wanted to be in a warm climate by the ocean. Um, and I just loved the the culture or the way of life. The Italian people are very warm, very emotional. You know, they talk with their hands. And, <laughs> and that, I always felt more, I was, I always felt drawn to that. So, so that was, that was awesome. Then once um, we, we did, when I, when I was in high school, we did like a field trip. And it was um, a trip to Rome. And I think we were there several days and we stayed in some really old monastery. And during the day we could just go out and explore. And it was like stepping into a history book for me. You know, I just expected any moment one of those old uh, Roman uh, Roman Romans, you know, walking <laughs> around the corner wearing their toga, and yeah. and it, I just thought I had stepped into a different time. Yeah, it was it was so amazing. So that was probably um, the trip that impacted me the most. Being in Italy, what was one of your favorite um, monuments or like museums that you visited? Um, I I know I was, I think what made the most impression on me was the Colosseum. You know, walking there, it's, it just makes it so much, so real. You know, when you, when you see it in a history book, it's, it's, it's not real. But actually walking around in the Colosseum, that, that was, that it impacted me the most. Yeah, I can relate to this because I went on the uh, Italy and Greece trip with uh, Mr. Tillery and Mr. Perez, and it was just oh, wow. amazing. <laughs> it was like, we got home right before the COVID outbreak started happening in America. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's amazing to see another country and just how different the culture is compared to here. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, 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 I had the opportunity to go on another trip, uh, which was also uh, through school to Paris. And I would just say, nobody should go to Rome first and then to Paris later because Paris just couldn't compare to Rome. So, you know, then later on, uh, I have revisited um, Paris and, and I love it too, but it still to this day doesn't compare to Rome. Um, during your high school years, was there uh, a learning experience or like any trips that you had that impacted you the most as far as like the way you perceive the world or any historical events? I think what what really impacted me for life was being born into Cold War West Germany and then um, learning about the Second World War and the Holocaust, you know, for many years. We learned so much about it that I almost couldn't stomach it anymore. But at the same time, it was super important. And to, to kind of process that, as a young person, even though I wasn't alive during that time and my parents were children, 
you know, so it's like I couldn't be one of those that could point fingers at my parents saying, what did you do or what did you not do? They were children, so. Um, but to just process that was, was really, was really something. Um, I remember my parents took me to a concentration camp uh, close to my hometown, which is like maybe from here to Temecula distance-wise, and everything was there. Uh, the way it was, you know, when when it was liberated, you could really you could see you could visit the the gas chambers. They had the ovens there w where they would burn hundreds of bodies every day. And and my hometown is close enough that um, there were days when the ashes. My grandmother would tell me there were days when the ashes, when the wind would bring the ashes, you know, to my t hometown, and and they knew what was going on. So that. That really, I think that changed me for life. And then, you know, living in Germany, there's every city that you live in has parts where the Jewish ghetto was, you know, where Jewish people were segregated. And, you know, my hometown has a street called Judengasse, which means Jewish street. So that's where the Jewish people lived. And it's like walking around in the 21st century and seeing a street with that name you know, it's you have mixed feelings. It's like, why haven't they changed that name? But at the same time, they shouldn't change the name because we should never forget what what happened during that time. But but growing up with this all around me, um, really, I I vowed to myself, you know, if I will never be silent if I encounter anti-Semitism. And you know, as a teacher, um, I have. I have two rules that I follow every year, and one is all of my students will learn about the Holocaust if they're not familiar with it. And all of my students will understand what Martin Luther King did for this country. So th those are two things that I think are ultra important. And even though I don't teach history, I think I, I do teach history because as, as an English teacher or ELD teacher, how can you take history out of anything? You can't, and and I think we are, our country is in a lot of trouble right now because so many people don't understand history. And I think that is the greatest danger we could fall into to not understand history, you know, because it all go. It's always cyclical. It goes in cycles. And when people say never again, never again, that's foolish thinking because everything comes back. And if you don't understand history it definitely comes back, you know, stronger than you could ever have expected. I mean, yes, being an English teacher does involve a lot of going back in history, and that's just, I don't even, like, I don't have words to describe it. Like, that was just really moving. It was really powerful, because, you know, what is happening right now is not the greatest, mm -hmm. and, you know, stuff like this has happened in the past, and, yeah, you're right, like, things just don't just disappear entirely they eventually start coming back and we have to work together to try and figure it out or like make it stop for just a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah um those who don't learn about history are doomed to repeat it um, so i think it's very important what you're saying as far as making sure that as educators and as students we make sure that we understand mm -hmm. as an not even as a nation but as a world like what we've been through and make sure that we can learn from it and, and grow from it. Yeah. Um, That's exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> 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 
put it into words. <laughs> she did it for me. As far as your personal history, after high school, where did that take you? Well, I enrolled at a university uh, that was um, not too far from my hometown. It, it's a, a city called Regensburg. And um, I had no idea what career I wanted to uh, pursue. So I enrolled in German language and literature and English language and literature because I thought that that would open up the most pathways for me and and I loved reading and I loved learning new languages and since I wanted to get out into the world I knew English I I wanted to pursue that so I so I I started there and um, then two years two years into my university studies no actually I completed my undergraduate um, uh, program with the double double major German English and then I found out that my university um, had an exchange program with the University of Oregon in Eugene Oregon and so that sounded perfect and I applied and was accepted and so I moved to Eugene Oregon which is like an hour from the beautiful Oregon coast um, and I started uh, so I was in the graduate program for um, Germanic studies and um, at the same time I was a grad student uh, teaching German language courses to American students and um, they trained me how to teach uh, a second language uh, to foreign students and then they put me in the classroom and the moment I walked into the classroom I, I loved it. I really loved it. Um, and, what, and, and since then, what I have especially loved is when you can be in a classroom with people from different backgrounds and different cultures. You know? So for me, being brand new to the United States, teaching American students about German language and culture and, and history and literature, and, you know, and then to be able to get an insight into their minds, you know, how they received that, and at the same time, me learning how different life was in the United States, you know, it was uh, such an ex amazing learning experience for all of us. And I think to me, that's one of the best things about teaching is everybody learns so much every semester. I mean, the, the students learn, but I learn so much. I would not want to miss that ever. So that's when I knew I wanted to teach. Um, so that was, that was at the U of O. So after I received my master's, I applied to UC Irvine um, and was accepted into the PhD program. And I pursued that and uh, I advanced to candidacy, meaning I passed the oral and written exam for the, for the, the PhD. And again, I was teaching. Um, but not just German classes, um, they actually asked me if I would teach humanities core course, which was another amazing step of growth for me because I, as a German, was teaching um, all of the humanities, you know, so American lit and philosophy and history. It's like I was just scrambling to make sure I was a book ahead of my students every week because so much of it was, was new, but it was so exciting at the same time. So, so that happened, and um, 
I also started teaching um, at various other um, colleges in the area, writing my dissertation, and um, really enjoyed that tremendously. Um, but then um, my life took a turn because uh, divorce happened and I needed to get a full-time job fast. Uh, I also had two children at the si same time uh, during that time, being a grad student and writing my dissertation and teaching part-time at all these different places. I just had to shift gear and get a full-time job fast. And that's what I did. And I stayed with that for seven years. I, I worked in the medical field. But then I realized that really what I was doing was still teaching, but I missed the classroom too much. So I, I decided to, to make a change. After seven years, I decided to not come back and finish the dissertation. Um, I didn't want to be a German professor. I, 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 I wanted to be more in the trenches. I wanted to do something that I felt was more relevant um, to where I lived. So I, I switched to English, my, my other major and um, started teaching uh, English as a second language because I, I still enjoy that so much, you know, teaching someone a new language. So that is what took me to the Lake Elsinore School District because I started teaching adult, um, in adult school, um, first in the evening, then during the day and the evening. And the adult school is on the same campus as Ortega High School. And so when, as I started hanging out on the Ortega High School campus, I just fell in love with the high school environment. And I thought, this is really where I want to be because, that's, because high school is the most important place. This is where decisions are made that, you know, that set the course for decades to come. So I thought, no, this is where I want to be. So I enrolled in, in online. A, a school um, to get in uh, to get my teaching credential for high school and um, a second master's of education so I did that at night and continued teaching during the day then Ortega High School had an opening a uh, full-time opening for me for one year so I was able to do that while completing my online program and then I played applied at Lakeside and I, I have been here s for 15 years now and I love it. I would not want to be anywhere else. It's the best school I can think <laughs> of. <laughs> the staff are amazing. The students are incredible. It's, it's just a wonderful place to be. Wow. That was a very long journey that took you here, but we're definitely glad that you ended up here. <laughs> um, as far as um, the Lakeside experience, is there anything that you've experienced at Lakeside as a teacher that differentiates it from your experience at other schools or colleges? Um, I just really love the diversity here. You know, when I, when I was, you know, each, each one of the places where I taught had certain demographics, um, but Lakeside really has such a unique mix. And, and I love that, you know, the, the richness of culture. And um, I really enjoy, you know, I, I taught freshman English um, for many years. At Ortega, I taught uh, English 9 through 12. But uh, since last year, I have been teaching exclusively ELD 
and I really love it. It's really by choice um, that I do that. And to to every year receive new students that come from from other countries, um, some with no English at all, um, because I teach for levels one through four. So I, I have I, I receive newcomer students that that arrive with zero English, and I receive you know more advanced. Uh, students as far as English is concerned but that experience is amazing you know to be to be there for those students that arrive from other countries and many of them have been through extremely difficult experiences and then to make them feel welcome and to help them be successful um, even though they're learning English you know starting at ground zero they still have world history, government, uh, biology, depending on what grade level they are. I, I have uh, all grade level ELD students, as the other teachers do too. So to enable students in that situation to be successful, that is, it's a it's a big challenge, but it's such a beautiful challenge. And every year at graduation, when I see students graduate who started with me with zero English and managed to you know, graduate high school, I'm in, I'm in such awe. And that, that really inspires me. So I, I really love that part of, of my teaching. How many other languages do you speak other than English and German? Um, I do speak some Spanish, but I'm not bilingual. And that was actually one of, but over the years, you know, I've learned more and more. So I can, I can communicate. It's, it's just uh, has a lot of mistakes in it. Um, but that's actually a plus because I try, you know, to speak as much Spanish as is necessary. I mean, if someone doesn't speak one word of English, I have to throw in a few Spanish words here and there. But I, I do as little as possible. Um, in school, I had French also, but I pretty much forgot it all. I, I had Latin, <laughs> which I loved. That was my favorite subject because it made learning other languages so much easier. Um, but yeah, so I can, I can say today I can communicate in, in English, Spanish, and, and I haven't forgotten my German either. <laughs> so, And one thing, one more thing maybe I could add about ELD, what I love about it is that I'm, I'm my students' English teacher, so I, I try to teach them, you know, what they would learn in a regular uh, English grade level class, but then I also support them in all their other subjects. So this is where I get to work with them on their history assignments. <laughs> And, and and science and, and even math. I mean, those subjects that I hated in high school, like chemistry and physics and the higher algebra, I now love. <laughs> it's totally fascinating to me. So it's like I've come full circle. <laughs> I have to say now, now looking back, I realized that the subjects I really didn't like was because I didn't like the teachers I had in those subjects. And the subjects I loved, I loved the teachers. You know, how they taught their personalities. They didn't treat us in a demeaning manner, you know, felt respected. That had so much to do with it. And now here at Lakeside, you know, when I see one, one thing about the virtual um, the distance learning that has been totally awesome for me is 
Um, I've asked a lot of uh, a lot of the other teachers who have my ELD students, can they add me to their classes so I can see the curriculum and I know how ca I can help them. I mean, if we were here in the in the regular classroom, I can't be in the math class. I can't be in biology. But in this setting now, I can visit all these other classes. And it's like, oh my gosh, if I had had this teacher in high school, I would have loved this subject, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's so much about how the teachers are explaining it and teaching it. It's like, well, now I get it. I love chemistry, you know? But <laughs> when I had it, it was just stupid memorization. You know, and I had, I had no clue what the purpose of that was. Yeah. So, so that has been amazing. So I, I love that. I could be, I wish I could be in every class, you know. <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed chemistry, actually. Yeah, I Even, too I wasn't now. really good at it, but I, I enjoyed, like, you know, plugging in, like, all the elements into the formula and you get a new thing. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. You said you enjoy um, virtual learning, the format, uh, because you have the chance to immerse yourself in the ELD students' other classes. Are there any other things about virtual learning that you find better um, than an in-person format? Well, I think some students that get super distracted in a big classroom, they, they seem to be really blossoming. Uh, I see some of my students make progress, and, and, and that wouldn't happen if they, if they were in the classroom with all their friends right by their side. Um, and I also love that, um, I mean, I use Teams for communicating with the students, and then Canvas is the platform where the classes are located. Um, and with Teams, you know, I can be accessible 24-7, and it's like I talk with my students. We talk all the time, you know. Uh, no, I'm not required or expected to answer every message instantly, but hey, it's on my phone. I see it. Of course, I'll respond right away. So it's like if a student has a question, they can message me, and if I'm still up at 10 o'clock and I see it, I can answer it. And that, to me, is awesome. So it, it, it has made us... It has made us feel much more like a family or like a, a socially, a socially closely knit uh, community, because there is no distance uh, through teams. I mean, it's just uh, instant uh, availability or accessibility, and I, I love that part. You know, that not everybody might enjoy that, but I do. And being able to make a video call, and I really, I really love it. It doesn't mean I don't want to come back to school and see my students face to face. And I always try to incorporate technology, um, even when we're in the regular classroom. You know, I had started using Teams before that. I was familiar with Canvas before that. So, so. I, I hope it'll stay that way. I hope we will we will continue to be so closely knit even when we come back in the regular classroom. Um, so you mentioned that you prefer the virtual format or that there's a lot of advantages that you're finding with the virtual format. As far as us going back to school in a potentially hybrid model, what are your thoughts about that? I think it will be great because it probably would be the best of both worlds. You know, I, I think I don't want to stay in my home in front of my computer for the rest of my life. You know, that, that seems unnatural. 
but I think having had this opportunity to to learn so much more about how we can use technology to be more efficient, um, I think that has been a real positive. And so I just hope that that will not be lost when we come back. You know, when that that we will incorporate that into in into our traditional setting. As far as personally for you outside of school, um, has the virtual format had any other advantages besides being able to stay in contact with your teacher or your students? Um, has it presented any like extra free time that you're enjoying or more family time for you that's been better? Um, in the beginning, I have to say first semester and I r already started it over the summer. Um, I did online uh, teaching over the summer too. In the beginning, it was so labor intensive. I worked double the hours. Um, I I barely had any time off, and and so that was actually very difficult for me because my my exercise program kind of uh, gradually disappeared because there was just no no time. So it it wasn't really good for my health. And to just sit in front of a computer for twelve hours a day. You know, because we were creating everything, and it was so labor intensive. So that was that was tough, very tough. But now, se second semester, it, it feels much more manageable. So I feel a lot more relaxed in terms of being able to have a balance again. You know, so I can have, so I can have me time, so I can take care of my health, uh, so I can, you know, not sit twelve hours a day. So it, it feels a lot more, more positive in that respect. And of course, for me, I've been in a unique situation because you know, my husband and I, our children are uh, adults, so we don't have small children living with us. So it has just been my husband and I at home, and he, he works from home also. So that has been a, a really wonderful blessing, you know, to be able to have lunch together and, and that has been really nice for me, but I realize it's a completely different situation for younger teachers with small children. You know, that's, that must be extremely difficult. As far as in your personal time, uh, as you said, with second semester, you have a lot more free time on your hands. What do you enjoy to do in your free time? What are you passionate about? Uh, I'm really very simple. I love the simple things of life. So just being outside in nature, taking photos, photography. I love that. Um, I have a beautiful balcony, so I'm, it li t take my computer outside a lot of the time <laughs> to just be outside. But I, I, I love that very much. Um, I love learning new things. So uh, I, I lo enjoy music. Uh, I have uh, djembe drum, drums that I play when I listen to music. I think it's called Jambi. I Maybe I pronounced it wrong, but it's not like bongo drums where you have two. It's just one round drum, okay? And it's <coughs> and you can position it differently. You know, the way you lean it impacts the sound. And it's just, I have not uh, learned anything professional about it. I just <laughs> use it. And uh, I love it. So because my husband plays the guitar and he's very good and, and plays the piano. And I felt like, gee, I want to make music too. I want to participate. So I thought, 
I'm always tapping on something, you know, when I'm listening to music. So I'm going to turn that into something a little more. So, so I really enjoy that drum, and, and, and that's really an enjoyable thing <laughs> to, to do for me. So I'm assuming that's probably one of your hobbies. Do you yes. have any other hobbies that you have? Um, I do a lot of reading. I, I, I'm... Are there any other, other instruments you play? Or? I don't play any other instruments. <laughs> um, I am very interested in 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 world religions, and 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 I I dig deeper, um, you know, into learning more and understanding other people's belief systems. Um, I do find the Bible very fascinating as a as a piece of literature, if anything, um, as an a recording of history and so I'm that fascinates me so one of my goals is I want to learn Hebrew um, so I can kind of dig a little bit deeper because what I've learned so far is like every letter you know in that book when you go back to the original you know the original Hebrew letters were like um, uh, paleo Paleo, the Paleo Hebrew was was just like pictographs, and so every letter tells a story in itself. That just blows my mind. So that kind of study, I I would love to pursue a little bit more. And uh, the fact that three world religions started out with that particular uh, book uh, fascinates me tremendously. Um, I do well, have to say though. My little brother, he uh -huh. goes to um, a private school, and they taught him Latin, Hebrew, and a little bit of Portuguese. Uh -huh. And I'm like, and he's like speaking all these words, and I'm thinking it's some language he made up himself. I'm like, what are you talking about, dog? <laughs> what? <laughs> but it was, he's like, finds it so fascinating, yeah. and he loves learning about it. So. Yeah, me too. Um, you said you're interested in world religions. Are you religious yourself? Um, yes. For me, uh, my spiritual belief uh, is everything. I mean, my, 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 I think everyone has a, a spiritual foundation. Everybody believes in something. You know, and if you say, I don't believe there's anything, then, then that is your belief, you know. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's, it is what gives meaning to everything that happens in my life or worldwide so it is very important to me um, but yeah like I said I, everyone has a spiritual foundation in my opinion and I'm always interested to to find out or to hear uh, what other people's belief systems are what makes me really sad is that there is so little tolerance nowadays for people's uh, spiritual differences I mean um, worldwide and that is sad you know and and that is one thing that that I, I love the United States one of the one of the most special moments for me was when I became a naturalized citizen and you know learning everything about the Constitution and the amendments and all that um, really really touched me and for me 
the United States being a country that has written into its founding documents that there is freedom, there has to be freedom of religion, that I, I value that so much. And I hope we will never lose that. As far as your experience in the United States as opposed to Germany, uh, what are the big cultural differences or just societal differences that you've noticed? Um, I think the, the freedom to be yourself, to be an individual, I love that from, from the very beginning. It's, it's really, it's not just a cliche and it's not just something you read about, you know, when you learn about the United States. I really love that. You know, there is, you can dress the way you want. You can, there's so much freedom here to be, to, to really discover yourself and live your life, you know, to, be, to become the best you. I always felt that in Europe, it is my, I, it's my personal impression, you know, so maybe, maybe other people see it completely differently. But I, I see Europe as much more of a class society. You know, you have like the working class and then you have the, the middle class, the white collar, um, and then you have, you know, the academic world, the intellectuals. It's, it's much more a class society. It's like what career you have defines you. Here, my impression has always been who you are, your character defines you. And yes, you have money or you don't have money, right? So the American dream of you know, becoming successful uh, so you can have money um, through education and that being the equalizer, you know, that, that to me, I just see it as a society with, with tremendous opportunity for everyone. And I'm not saying in Europe you don't have those, but you are much more a part of a social class that you're born into. What was it like becoming, like becoming a U.S. citizen? Like I'm actually really interested about that. It was it was very touching for me. You know, when I went to the ceremony, there were hundreds of people there from literally every country in the world, and and you could see people wearing their traditional clothing, many of them. And I don't know, over a hundred different languages present, and yet we were all there, you know, united by a common love to be here. It it was it was very touching to me. I I I have to say, um, um, the moment I came to the United States, I felt at home. I just really felt at home, so comfortable. It's, it was my home from day one. I'm, I'm not saying I don't like Europe, I don't like Germany. You know, it's like um, my parents better never hear me say this. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't speak English, so I'm, I'm, sa- I'm safe, I'm safe. <laughs> but um, I love it here and, and, and I, hope, I hope we can bring this country together again, you know. So we don't become the divided states of America. So, coming into America, was there like a specific state or like um, 
like a like Vegas or LA? Like, was there a specific spot you wanted like to visit first? Well, when I when I moved to Oregon, I loved Oregon because Eugene, Oregon is like an old hippie town. <laughs> there are more bicycles than cars, at least at the time when I lived there in the 1980s. Um, I I loved that. I I remember riding my bicycle to the university in the pouring rain and getting there, just pulling out a towel and drying off, and that was that. And people would say, "Oh, in Oregon, people don't tan; they rust." There was like, <laughs> it was so, so relaxed, so joyful. Uh, at the same time, the university looks like one of these old East Coast universities. So it's like, oh man, what a what a neat place to be. So I really loved it there. And Eugene is is kind of a a, a small city, not very big. And my hometown is kind of a small city. I was never a big city person. So I remember when I came, when I first came to Irvine and drove from Oregon down here to Southern California, I was, I was paranoid. I, uh, the, the freeway scared me to death. For six <sighs> months, I only took back streets because I was too scared to drive on them. And you know, th this whole Orange County, LA County, it's like, my goodness, one city ends, the other one starts. And then I came to Irvine and I thought, okay, where is downtown Irvi Irvine? But there is no downtown Irvine. It's all suburbs. It's all new. It's like, I think everything in Irvine is younger than me. <laughs> I mean, that is weird. So that was really a culture shock. Southern California was a culture shock for me. But I loved the climate. I loved the weather. I loved the colors here. And it's like now I don't care where I drive on the freeway. <laughs> So I, you know, that's one thing I would still love to do, see so much more of this country. It's so beautiful. Washington State is where my, where my adult children and, and grandchildren live. Um, and it's so beautiful there. Um, Montana and, and uh, Idaho, so beautiful. I've, I've only driven through there. But, and every time I go back to Germany to visit my parents, I'm just amazed how huge this this country is it takes six hours to just fly across the united states and then once you're over the atlantic you better not blink too hard because you'll miss a country you know it's like everything is so small and tiny and it's like uh you know you now you're in germany in no time once you've made it over the atlantic but the united states is so huge and so beautiful Where's next on your bucket list or your number one place that you would visit in the U.S. if you could? Oh. Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> Universal oh, Studios. Oh, I've been to those places. And it's like I'm not into any of those uh, adult playground things. So it's like... Uh, <laughs> And I have to say, Las Vegas, I've been there like twice. And you probably have to give me money to go there because I don't want to be there. And please, I know so many people love it there. Please don't be offended. It's just not my thing. <laughs> it's just not my thing. So I have, we have family in Colorado. That would be a nice place to visit. And I have, I only briefly visited New York once and that was amazing. I would love to see more of the East Coast, but uh, 
you know, I haven't been to Washington, D.C. I would love to see that. so amazing. Yes. I went there for a middle school trip, and we went to New York and Washington, D.C. in one week, so it was, like, really jam-packed, but the monuments are just... Oh, yeah. They're huge, and there's just so much history around everything, so yeah, yeah, definitely recommend. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen, you know, I haven't seen uh, so many places in the United States where there's older history, you know, it's like all the places I've lived in almost are younger than I am. I mean, especially here in California. So <laughs> so it makes me feel like I'm a monument. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little surprised to hear you say that you did like New York cuz New York is more of like the big city where it's little it's a little more dirty than Usual, well, <laughs> or remember, crazy, I guess. Remember, I I pretty much only drove through it, so okay. Yes, yeah, so I haven't seen too much, but my husband's son, um, he lives in New York. He went to college on the East Coast, and he works in New York, and he lives in Brooklyn. And the pictures that he has shared of uh, the house that he lives in. He has a bunch of roommates, and when he goes walking, it looks amazing. So I'm sure there's really cool places in in New York to see. Yeah, traveling's definitely a fantastic experience. And luckily here at Lakeside um, with Mr. Tillery and Mr. Perez, a lot of our students have had great opportunities to travel to other countries. Oh, yeah. Um, Speaking of students, we do have a student question for you. Okay. Um, so one of our students here is asking, um, as Miss Byrne was featured in the making of our school's fall play production, 12 Angry Women, could you ask her what the experience was like and how she felt working with other alumni and current students? It was an amazing experience and I was ultra nervous and, and very humbled because I never thought that I would do any acting. You know, I don't see myself that. When Mr. Carlin first asked me, I said, you do know that I have an accent. <laughs> and, and, and I have to say, I really don't like my accent, but there's nothing I can do about it. It's just there. So, but it's not something I like to, uh, I don't know, put out there more than I need to. So he said, well, we have a character who has an accent, who has a European accent. So then I thought, well, I guess I would be perfect for that. So, but then the next thing was, uh, I was really nervous and scared, but I, I always make myself step out of my comfort zones. And actually teaching as much as I love it puts me out of my comfort zone every day because I, actually don't like to speak in front of people too much and uh, you know when it's the first day of school I have little butterflies in my stomach and feel quite nervous so but but I realized the greatest things in life come when you step out of your comfort zone so I thought well if he really wants me then I'll, I'll give it a try so everybody else on that on that staff the students the alumni were ultra talented, really super talented. Um, what what I loved, what I loved about my character and what helped me was because I really, really identified with that character. Because the the juror that I was, number eleven, was was a a uh, an immigrant from Europe or actually a refugee from Europe who had fled 
Europe. It didn't say which country who had fled Europe after uh, World War II. And it wasn't a super big role. Um, and the, the character evolved, you know, through the course of the play from being pretty timid to becoming more outspoken. And so one of the, one of the lines that, uh, that I had was, you know, um, this is why I came to this country. I wanted the right to disagree. And, and this whole play about 12 angry women, you know, in light of what has been going on, uh, where every where every juror pretty much reveals the prejudices that they have and, and the biases and they are so ready to throw an innocent person under the bus and then this character that I was who at first was kind of timid and went along with everybody else then found the courage to speak up and say this is why I came here. You know, I disagree too, and 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 I came here to have that right. That really, that really touched me, and so it made it meaningful, super meaningful for me to to be a part of the play. And I think it's such a timely play, you know, in light of what everything that's around us right now. So yes, everybody was amazingly awesome. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and Mr. Carlin didn't fire me, so <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear. Yeah, it's a little sad that I wasn't part of the play with you, but um, you know I am looking to be a screenwriter as a career, and you know I will end up writing um, a European, you know, character in there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was really awesome to hear your story. So thank you for um, coming. Thank you for having me. It was great. I had so much fun. Okay. Yeah, thank you so much for being here today. It was great getting to talk to you. Make sure you guys drop us a follow on Instagram and Spotify at High School Transcript and keep an eye out on our Instagram for updates as to who will be our guest for the following week. And feel free to DM us or take the survey provided to ask questions for our guests that will be coming up. Uh, we hope to see you guys next time. <laughs>